There will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you? We interrupt our regularly scheduled disaster porn episode with this breaking announcement. The core of the planet Earth has slowed and may actually stop or even reverse its direction. I am totally serious. This isn't a gag. It's been reported by scientists at Peking University in a publication just within the last seven days. This is not just an extended gag related to this week's movie. Clearly, 2003's The Core has now shifted from the realm of disaster porn to documentary! Oh God, we're all gonna die! Even now, Rome is probably in ruins, bridges are melting, birds are crashing into buildings, peaches are being set on fire! (laughs) Bumpy, I've always hated you, I don't want to die without you knowing that. People, if society's collapsing, hoard those bumpy bucks. (laughs) Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I'm I'm checking the article now. And apparently the fact that the Earth's core has slowed down has caused... Oh. Um. Nothing. Like, nothing at all. Apparently this, um, this happens from time to time. In fact, this just brings the core into sync with the rest of the Earth. Huh. Who knew? (laughs) Um... You would have if he'd read the article. <laughs> Sorry about that. I read the headline. So um, let's just talk about this crazy disaster porn flick. But seriously, if society is going to collapse, bumpy bucks will be the only <laughs> currency you can rely on. Hey, it hasn't tanked yet. <laughs> Indeed. I am your disastrous host, Max Levine, and over there is your pornographic host, Mike Luce. Oh, baby. Do me like 35 millimeter. Oh, yes. <laughs> no idea what That's, that means. <laughs> I don't either. 35 millimeter actually sounds very small. Um, so. <laughs> That's what she said. Okay. Oh, no, she didn't. Uh, <laughs> But before we get to the movie, we've got our fabulous poll question. Poll question. And this week, our question was, who is your favorite cinematic action hero character, male or female? Steve Kellner says, hard to say, but high on the list is Sarah Connor from Terminator, or excuse me, Sarah Connor, and later movies, of course, but seeing her transform was amazing. Adam Mark says, X-Men, forever and a day, an allegory for every theme. They're friends, they're lovers, they're enemies. They're here, they're honorary queer, and they are fierce. Um, snap, I guess. <laughs> That's kind of a whole team, but we'll allow it. Sure. Regan McStravick says, I tend to like underrated heroes like Chris Cooper's character in Lone Star. Ooh, I don't know that at all. Mm-mm. Nothing particularly heroic about him other than he just treats everyone with an equal amount of dignity and respect, which kind of makes him a hero in today's world. Dignity and respect. Weird. <laughs> that said, an over-the-top hero like Clive Owen in Shoot 'em Up, no, oh, that's true, is also fun, yes. Uh, of course, he doesn't really need, he doesn't really possess what some might call the spirit of a hero. He just can't quite escape his personal need to do the right thing and also create a ridiculous amount of chaos. Uh, Our Professor Dave Dave. writes, A tough call, as action heroes tend to be two-dimensional, and it is a story that drives a good action film for me. Not not off. Story and character, not action per se, unless the action is a part of their character, as with a martial artist. 
I enjoyed Taken because like Liam Neeson, Dave has a very specific set of skills. <laughs> I think it was called with Liam Neeson. Yes, Dave, that was what it was called and that was who was in it. Uh, that said, it was more the, the story than his personality. Yeah, I can see that. He is defined by his determination and his unique skills that allow him to find his daughter when it seemed like there was no evidence. The movie did a great job of winding me up right at the start, making me care whether or not he succeeded, and making me believe he was impressive because he was successful, even though he had nothing to work with, even though in reality he had the same skill every action hero has, because, i.e., the scriptwriter was on his side. That is a very important skill. It's <laughs> the definition of hero. Oh, and in the not necessarily separate women category, Starbuck from the Battlestar Galactica reboot. Okay. Really? Hmm, interesting. Oh, that's right, because she wasn't played by Benedict, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> uh, Cumberbatch. Um, no! <laughs> <laughs> that, that I would have watched. Uh, Val Coons says, I have to go with Indiana Jones. He's crazy, he's goofy, he's fearless, he's a nerd, and a nice combination of pulp fiction and sci-fi. Same for Marion Ravenwood. She needed a bigger part, though. Yeah, maybe even her own movie between her breakup with Indy and when she sees him again when he comes for the Ramadalian. Ramadalian? Dick Hoffman has got to go with the classic. Errol Flynn, the one and only. Technically, that's an actor and not a character, like in Robin Hood when he played Errol Flynn and Captain Blood when he played Errol Flynn. Um, Seahawk when he... Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, Nick, you got a point. Another one from Steve Kellner. Oh, here's an odd one. Danny Kay in The Court Jester when he thinks he's the Black Fox. That is a great sequence. <laughs> Richard Tatum, inventor of the Tatum, <laughs> writes, Doctor Who, I think. All versions, consistently about smarts and kindness over violence, except as an absolute total last resort. Otherwise, Jackie Chan in pretty much anything. Yeah, I'll give him that one. Ralph Smith mentions James Holden in The Expanse. I have really got to watch that. Yeah, me too. Good actually, stuff about it. I own the first two seasons. I just haven't oh, gotten wow. around to it. I don't, Actually, I did watch it once, but then I couldn't get season three for some poor reason, uh -oh. and I never got back to it. So, Chrissy Becker writes, Going to have to go with Furiosa Ooh. from Mad Max Fury Road. Really hope they still come, come through on more movies for her. She is pretty friggin' awesome. Yeah, but they actually have to keep the original actor because apparently they're replacing her. And oh, that's a mistake. I mean, yeah. come on, Charlize Theron's amazing. I know, and I, I may, they think she's too old or some stupid. Oh, for God's crap! Sake. But anyway, oh, I'm sorry. I that was going to be. That heard it was going to. That was that was Facebook. I didn't want to. Yeah, I know. There's more, right? Yep, there are a couple more. We got Brian Mundo says I can't say I really have a favorite. There have been such a delu huge deluge from Marvel and DC recently that I think it kind of flooded things and pulled my attention slash favor in lots of different directions. Okay, that's technically superheroes, but yeah, the line is kind of blurry. Why is a superhero not a hero or a character? Yeah, that's the point. Uh, and of course, from the Great White North, who <laughs> as he hunts the mighty walrus... <laughs> which they have many of in Canada. Vince, uh, Michelle Yeoh in anything, right oh, there yeah. with you. Yeah. And Ellen Ripley in the first two Alien films. Important that you say the first two there, Vince. Yeah. Well put. <laughs> I'm sorry, it, were there any more? No, they really resonated with me. I sort of have, a, have things for Zorro, though. I hope you mean Tyrone Power. I bet he means Guy Williams. I bet he doesn't. <laughs> 
I've actually Fuck. never seen that Zero show because that was the sh- show. Oh, the TV. Yeah, show. Guy okay. Williams played Zero before oh, he was in Lost right, in Space. Right. And if I remember correctly, dissatisfied with his role in Lost in Space, because who wouldn't be? I think he moved to Mexico where they loved him because of that show. Okay. And like, yeah, he ended up like buying this house on top of a hill, and just like people oh. loved him down there. So, hey, what great answers from all of you! Thank yes. you so much. Mm. Uh, what, Mike, what about you? Who's your favorite action person, dude, dude or dudette? I want to say I'm going to pick one of each. Uh, I, I'm amazed it took forever to get Ellen Ripley into the list. Like, it wasn't until the end because she broke a lot of ground. Yeah. She never is not herself, and she's the only one smart enough to get off that stupid ship. Um, and she saves the cat, so she gets automatic super extra double yep. bumpy bucks for saving the cat. And she is the one who says we should just take off and nuke the site from orbit, which is like, yes, that is exactly what you should do. Yep. And then she and she sits there and tells everybody in the, the whole first third of Aliens, zzz, zzz, it's like, don't go to that planet. Don't, no, whatever you do, don't go. You really should not. Okay, we're going to go. Right. We went to the planet. And then she gets there and she's basically like the only thing that she does not do is say, I told you so. And yeah. she's totally within her rights to do so. But she comes up with against Michael Bean. And Michael Bean is thankfully smart enough to go, we should listen to her. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so that was one. Who's the other? The other one is, I, you know, I got to go with Indy Jones just because, uh. not because he's more heroic than anybody else, but it's one of the very few times where Hollywood actually lets their hero get the crap beat out of him consistently. Uh. When, 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 when Indy is done with a fight, he's like, I really need to rest. I need a nap. <laughs> hurt and he's like needs yeah. to be bandaged he's but he's like beat up and he so it actually feels like he gave something to do what he did as opposed to oh my armor is scuffed i must get this fixed and buffed out um so yeah i i'm a, i'm a, i'm a, in the in those three indiana jones films i am a, a fan i hear they're doing a fourth but um oh, yeah. that's crazy talk i know but apparently they're yeah. I think it takes place in the 60s, which that won't be bad. Be far out. <laughs> yeah. They're swinging Dr. Jones, man. But it was my question, Max. So, what is your answer? I got to go with one of the classics, Robin Hood. There have been so many versions of him, and he can work as so much as, you know, the wonderful Errol Flynn men in tights thing, the gritty, darker Russell Crowe, or. Patrick Bergen. I actually really like the Patrick Bergen one. It, it, Patrick w- Bergen? Yep. Uh, you'd know him if you saw him. Uma ah. Thurman plays uh, uh, Maid Marian. It's Uma? a lot of fun. Oprah? Oprah? Uma? Uh, and they even and he works as comedy, you know, with uh, Robin Hood men in tights or, yo know, trip and trip and trip and trip and trip, <laughs> trip it up and down. That's Daffy Duck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, he's yes, he's Robin Hood, and he's very good at avoiding the sheriff's eye. Okay. So, yeah, Robin Hood for me. But those are all great answers. Thank you yeah. so much, folks. We like them so much. Yes, we're, we're going to do another question. <laughs> yeah. More work for you. Mm. Who is your favorite cinematic giant monster? Godzilla? <laughs> King Kong? Raymond Burr? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Now, where did you get an idea like that? I don't know, but it might or might not have something to do with a series we may or may not be working on that might have been suggested from our friend from the frozen north. Yay! 
We love suggestions from the frozen north. Yep. They keep they're, so long. They're so polite. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey. Except they um, keep yeah. apologizing. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so that's awesome. We have a new question for next week, yep. and, invo- uh, and it involves giant monsters. But um, I guess we have to get back to this week's yes. film, which is what? Again? <laughs> uh, the Core. The Facts. Budget, $60 million. Really? Yeah. That much, huh? That much. <laughs> Mostly, most of it went to hop to uh, Hillary Swank's cheekbones. Hmm. Worldwide gross, $73 million. Ah. Yeah. Not, not so good. <laughs> well, that explains the core two, three, and four. Yeah. Okay. At the University of British Columbia, that's in Canada, which is, is a really? country. And, uh, and Ocean Sciences, EOSC 310, the Ocean Science course uses this film as a learning tool by showing the film to students and then analyzing the bad science behind it. I, Wait, what? Ironically, at least one of UBC's professors was consulted during the shots that were done in Vancouver. You mean all of them? Oops. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> oh, oh boy, will we. <laughs> yeah. In the beginning, like nine minutes in, there's a sequence where all these birds in Trafalgar Square are slamming into windows. Yeah. If you look, and I checked this because I had read this first, around the nine-minute mark, you can see a trout hitting a window instead of a pigeon. This um, was a joke left in by the team that did the CG pigeons. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was a stunt trout. Okay. Yeah, because the Trafalgar Square scene took six months to complete because most of the birds are computer-generated. <laughs> Apparently, the uh, real Trafalgar... Pigeons are just total divas, and you can't work with them. I see. Uh, in the film, it's stated that the deepest hole ever dug was seven miles deep. Then this, this film true. came along, and they had to dig this, a deeper one. <laughs> this is true. The shaft in question is the Kola Super Deep Borehole. How's Super that for a deep. name? A Russian Super project. Deep. <laughs> Super Deep. One word. Super, Super Deep, deep Borehole, which I think also is a, cl- a gay club in uh, Ottawa. <laughs> How would you know? I read it in a book. Uh, the space shuttle landing time from the sonic boom to touchdown is the same as the real space shuttle. Oh. Okay, we have now covered the two scientifically accurate points in this movie. What, the gay club and the landing cycle? That's it. Uh, <laughs> when... Uh, Aaron Eckhart is trying to demonstrate the physics of what's happening to the world. He's got a, using a peach that he sprays with ignited hairspray, because that wouldn't blow up in your hand. Unfortunately, none of the peaches that were brought to the set were suitable. I don't know what suitable means. may not be big enough or... Flammable? Didn't work well for the camera. So they used an apple that was painted and had a peach stone inserted into its middle. A stunt peach? You're telling me they used a stunt million peach? dollars, folks. <laughs> And if, by the way, the the magic spaceship train thing that goes to the core <laughs> of the Earth is made of material called unobtainium. Uh, where Does will that we sound? hear that again? Yeah, that, by the way, uh, pre-da- this predates Avatar by at least uh, three years. Actually, six years, excuse me. So, And this is not the first time. It was a term that's been used by science fiction fans and a few authors for anything Really rare, not yet, not yet discovered, or physically impossible. Actually, it's used by aerospace engineers. Oh, okay. I looked it up. It was since the late fifties. It's basically uh-huh. like, hey, we designed this really cool thing, which would work if we had this one unobtainium thing. And it's like, uh-huh. oh, 
Okay, cool. so those are James Cameron did not make that up. No, but he did cinematically steal it, and it yes. was still dumb. Uh, Aaron Don't bring Eckhart. up Avatar. I'm having a, a, a thing. Okay. Uh, Aaron Eckhart claimed he took the role in the picture because the script came to him just after 9-11, and he wanted a good paycheck during an uncertain time in the world. You know, I'm going to give him a little more credit. <laughs> yeah. He also stated that he got intense motion sickness during the filming of the flight simulator scene, and as a result, he threw up on Hillary Swank's head. <laughs> Do you still want to go out for our date? <laughs> Evidence of this can be seen in the take used in the film because there's a little bit of puke on his chin. Oh, and there man. is. Yikes. <laughs> Super hacker rat, this generation's Super. Eddie Deason, uh, <sighs> led by DJ Qualls, mm. his demands changed three times through the progression from the trailers to the final film. In the original, he says, I want Star Trek tapes and Hot Pockets. In the more recent trailer, I want unlimited SpongeBob SquarePants tapes and Hot Pockets. And in the film, he wants unlimited Xena tapes and Hot Pockets. Hot Pocket. The exploding Colosseum in Rome was created <sighs> using a 40-foot model. That was a practical sure. effect. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> now. <sighs> oh, you're going to do the plot now? No, I am going oh. to do, well, give a listen. This film frequently makes the top ten lists of, quote, most scientifically unrealistic movies ever. <laughs> and has even led to scientific publications deriding its inaccurate portrayal of physics. Multiple scientists have taken issue with a number of the plot elements, and here are a few. Okay. Earth's atmosphere would not disappear within a year of the core stopping rotating. A small EMP device cannot stop the core's ro rotation. No more than a fan can dissolve a thunderstorm. Mm. Birds also can migrate without the Earth's magnetic field. Sending messages from the Earth's core to the surface would be impossible since the signal would have to penetrate 4,000 miles of rock. The Don't ruin all my notes. <laughs> <laughs> the magnetic field would disappear everywhere at an equal rate. There wouldn't be holes without magnetism in certain <laughs> places. Radiation strong enough to melt the Golden Gate Bridge would have melted the cars before it melted the bridge. Stop ruining all my notes! <laughs> Cavities and intact amethyst crystals thousands of miles below the surface would be impossible as the intense pressure would crush both. And diamonds can't be there because there's no carbon in the Earth's mantle. Even I knew that. <laughs> also, people, and this one shouldn't have to tell you, can't walk around for a few minutes in a 9,000 degree Fahrenheit environment. They would instantly burn to a crisp. And no ship can convert heat into energy to propel itself away from a nuclear blast. Also... There's no space between two tectonic plates to escape near Hawaii, as the island is right in the middle of a plate. We're still going to talk about these things. You can't ruin my notes. <laughs> sorry. I'm going to publish. The, and by the way, I wasn't kidding. Just this week, this is what inspired me to do this. There was a story on CNN about publication from the University of Peking saying, by the way, the Earth's core is slowing down. Don't sweat it. Yeah. It does this. 
Worst case scenario, if it reverses direction, the magnetic poles will switch and it'll mess up navigation for a little while. Yeah. We'll just tell everyone to go south instead. Yeah. <laughs> Are now you we done get to ruining my notes? Too bad. <laughs> now we get to the plot. What a nice day in the city. Bob Executive is going to business, like always, when suddenly <laughs> he keels over dead. Oh no, Bob! But he's not alone because other people are dying all around him, but only some? It's a mystery. Enter science man Josh and his French buddy Serge. They figure out that some kind of EMP killed everyone with a pacemaker, but it couldn't have been a weapon. Mystery solved. Movie's over. General Military says thanks and goodbye, but Science Man Josh thinks something is up, and he's right. It turns out that the Earth's magnetic core has stopped spinning, which will make the Colosseum blow up and kill lots of pigeons. Okay, <laughs> so it's not all bad. Science Man Josh and French Serge team up with, groovy, with a groovy science team, including Fancy Science Man Zimsky, Space Pilot Beck, Space Captain Beef Slab, and Crazy <laughs> Science Man Braz, who has a magic train made of ultra-trichium that has a great big super magic science laser that can drive <laughs> all the way to the center of the Earth. Once there, they will liaise with Arnie Sacknesson and a goose named Gertrude to set off a bunch of big nukes, because get nukes you? can save anything. To get, get that darn core spinning again. They've also got supercomputer boy Rat, who is there to help by hacking and being a nerd for some reason. Along the way, they deal with diamonds as big as Cape Cod, a fiendish military plot. Note, it's always the military's fault. Singing along with whales, and absolutely nothing resembling scientific plausibility. Oh, and the Golden Gate Bridge melts, so there's that. And somehow the day is saved, I guess? <laughs> The film. I will hurt you at some point. <laughs> I will hurt you. Maybe yep, with next yep. week's movie. But the core. Um, How do you sadly, like that opening shot of uh, we see Mount Universal and then it plunges down. The camera dives through the mountain all the way down to the title. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> then we get a wait. spinny thing, which is supposed to be the top of a merry-go-round. And all I could think is, I'm being hypnotized. <laughs> I will like this movie. I will like this movie. <laughs> it didn't work. Um, sadly, I know that both of us have seen this before. Where did you see it? Uh, I actually went to saw it in the theater. Well, that's your own fault, then, it isn't it? It was indeed. <laughs> I don't know. I know I've seen it. I just don't know. <laughs> but it wasn't a good experience. Oops! Oh, we're supposed dear. to yeah. keep that. Spoiler. We're supposed to, we're supposed yeah. to remain neutral throughout the show. <laughs> yeah, I did like it. In the opening, we've got Green World Day in Boston. And that was I'm pretty sure that was Copley Square. Uh, no, it wasn't even close to Boston. Oh, oh well. You know, I could tell. They showed oh. a bus, and it was literally a bus I have never, ever oh. seen before with the letter T stuck on it. <laughs> It was I not. Did, it, it also struck me as like, okay, there's a lot of crashing cars, people screaming. I mean, yeah, it's another day cream. in Boston. <laughs> I like to think well, as let, well, are the windows falling out of the John Hancock Tower again? Yeah, they didn't show that. Cause, oh, it's right. It's not there. Yeah, you know who yeah. was there, and that is our cast. I would like to start with the chin. I mean, Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> ah, yes. Professor Two-Face. Well, cleft-chinned hero, TM. <laughs> yep. Um, He's... 
kind of unbelievable in his role as a humble college professor, uh, physics teacher. I mean, I suppose he's fine, but uh, gosh, I have I'm no sorry, idea I'm so how good incredibly looking. handsome I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that chin, like, it enters the room before he does. He has a Leno-esque chin. Yes. I mean, he's very, he's very handsome, but he's handsome in a very obvious way, right? Like he's very uninteresting in a lot of ways. His, fa- he, his face has very little character to it. Well, except that one part. Except for the chess. But he's got the tousled, you know, Robert Redford hair. And he's got the, you know, constant, never shortening or lengthening uh, beard scruff. And, oh gosh, I'm just such a misunderstood college professor uh, slash model. <laughs> it's like, sure, yeah. that happens. Uh, and I want to say this before we get too much further with the cast. This is my caveat with the performances. I honestly believe in almost every point it has to do with the writing and directing. Yeah. That's These my are, feeling. They, Hillary Swank has won two Oscars. Yes. She is, an, she is really good, but she doesn't she have anything coasts. to do. She coasts, let's yeah. face it. And why shouldn't she with a part yeah. like that? Hi, the only, um, the, I'm major love interest, and I think I'm supposed to be here now. Except okay. I'm not entirely love interest. I'm kind of flirt interest, and we don't really know. And eh. Yeah, she's not interesting. You know, Captain Cliff Beefpile is <laughs> there. Oh, Stanley man, Tucci uh, makes and his an effort. And his <laughs> remarkable hairpiece. He's... Well, if it, honestly, if it was anybody else, I would say he's making an effort, but it's so easy for Stanley Tucci to do what he does. Yeah. He's so effortless. Maybe he's just that good, but I, the, char- the character who's clearly like, hello, I'm sort of supposed to be Carl Sagan, I'm sort of supposed to be... Oh, talk about vaguely. Yeah. He's got way too much energy for Carl Sagan. <laughs> true, true. Because Carl, of course... Ah, oh, the cosmos yeah. were... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, he's I, a pop scientist. He's kind of like uh I kind of like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Yeah. The scientist as rock star. Yeah, I he's sort of like, I don't know, Neil deGrasse Tyson, except he's more less science and more um Flash. unpopular. Yeah. yeah. I wrote that he was chewing the scenery scenery, but he might have more to his character than anybody else in the film. Yeah. Um and we expect him to sabotage the project. That's the one thing I'll give this film. He actually doesn't. I yeah. expect him totally to go, No, this is my ship and lock everybody in a room and go, ah, 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 but and then he his sacrifices himself. You know? Yeah. Like well, most although, of the characters. We'll get back to how. It's just so dumb. Delroy Lindo, who plays Braz, I think is actually a good character and has nothing to do. Yeah, we don't see nearly enough of him. He's the sort of... What is it with these, like, disgraced geniuses who all say, I'm gonna live in the desert! Yeah, and not have any money except to build all this weird stuff. How did he build the super laser when he clearly has nothing? Like, he can't afford to shave and he can't afford clothes, but he's got this... Ultra laser, and he's invented, let's face it, vibranium. He's invented vibranium. Oh, it transforms, it absorbs energy and turns it into usable energy. What? Okay, no, 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 there's a quote, and I wrote this down, um, and because it was one of the science points, and we'll come back to the science. I know you you went through them, and thank yep. you so much, but uh, <laughs> we will come back to the science points. He says specifically that the unobtainium can gather 
power from heat so it works just like a solar panel. That's not how a solar panel works. Oh. Solar panel doesn't care about heat. It cares about light. light. You yeah. idiot. <laughs> Sorry. Just Give kidding. back your science degree. Getting angry at that Professor Big Chin, but just yeah, yeah. No. Um, we have Bruce Greenwood who plays Sam Neill. Oh, I mean um, <laughs> Commander Bob. What's his name? But really, it's he's playing Sam Neill. <laughs> he looks just like him, and uh, apparently he has they no personality, no character, and. It's supposed to be very sad when he dies. Oops, spoiler. <laughs> because he Oops. and he dies from a rock through into his head. <laughs> Oops. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Okay. And then he falls into the lava and then <laughs> he falls into the lava. It's like, no, I must save him. Uh he literally just fell into He's lava. He melted, dude. He was dead already, and by the time he hit the lava, he would evaporate. Did you notice how he floated back to the surface though and he wasn't even burnt? Nope. <laughs> yeah, not even a singe. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the last fact actor... that they build the super train is... Oh, you got that reference too, huh? Yes, yes I did. <laughs> I'm like, it's the super train. This was a terrible ripoff of the love boat that NBC did back in the 70s that lasted about a fi about five minutes. But nobody does it like a steam train. Uh, that Now you're bringing in Andrew Lloyd Webber, which it works. It couldn't hurt. It works. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, this, the this is Webber-esque. Super Train, nobody should remember Super Train. I think it literally lasted seven episodes, if but that, it was yeah. the love the love boat on tracks, and yeah. it was a terrible idea. And this is like, oh, we're making this magic train out of unobtainium and with a big super duper ultra laser no one's ever built. And I mean, uh, I was waiting for Gamera to show up, because honestly, <laughs> that would have been just as believable. I was looking at this thing going, wasn't this part of an anime? Wasn't there some... Like, oh, Galaxy ship. Express 999. Yeah, yeah there was yeah. a train that shoots into space. Yep. And there <laughs> yeah. was another, there's another one that had a miracle drill. Oh, I, I know what the one you're talking about. I don't remember the name of it. Me yes, either. It was, it was a spaceship with a big drill on it. Yeah, yeah. The, the last actor I have a specific note for is DJ Qualls. Yeah. Believe it or not, he was a model. I, it uh, was it Gucci or was it? It was uh, a big name, and I was like, "Really?" Well, he is skinny. Clothes must hang on him pretty well. Yeah, it turns out or because he had nose. Lim, he, he had lymphoma when he was a kid. Oh wow! And he's a survivor, but it stopped his growth, so he never got any bigger. Um, he is in a ton of stuff. He's Apparently, his portrayal of the hacker character, however, was without nuance or depth. It was utterly stereotypical. Yes, and it was. It was. I'm sorry, I have to do this one geek thing. The way he fixes Josh uh, Aaron Eckhart's phone oh. would not work. You mean that whistling a, with the gum wrapper? With the gum wrapper, which he's using to generate tones so the thing has free long distance. This is 2003. That is a modern cell phone that would be on a digital network. The whole tone generator thing, which did work on the phone system when it was analog, see Captain Crunch, would not work on the digital phone. That was just being silly. Yeah, that goes back to phone freak days with yes. the whistle and the Captain Crunch that's box. That's where Captain Crunch, that's where he got his name, yeah. Yeah, but they chose, let's face it, they chose him for his face. They wanted yeah. somebody nerdy, and they made him the most stereotypical, quote-unquote, <laughs> hacker, end quote, that they could. Although, and to be fair, he never says it. He doesn't. This movie passes the hacker test. Yes, no! He, he does not say, I'm in. Yep. No, but he. they do at one point say, we need you to hack the planet. 
Did your eye roll at much at that point as much as mine did? Yes. <laughs> and I don't even see what he that he did anything. Well, I don't see the the, the character has no point. Yeah. There's literally no point for that character. We need you to keep these stories out of the news. Well, I'm sorry, you're the government. If you don't want anybody to know about Super Train, they won't. So as far as the earthquakes and stuff, good luck because that's not going to happen. Then there's these other there's these FBI goons and they are momentarily funny. We have yeah. no sense of humor. Ha ha. And we're but armed. Honestly, the rest of the cast is forgettable. General Baldwin. I kind of like Serge. He could have been a good character. He was all oh, that, I did have uh, Checky Cario. Yeah. Whatever. But the problem is, is there's so there's nothing to him. I have kids. Feel bad for me when I die. Okay. But he and I, I gotta say, he and Aaron Eckhart have better chemistry than Aaron Eckhart and Hillary Swank do in this. And yeah. You believe they're friends. I did anyway. I sure. Just, like, yeah, they have a kind of a nice relationship, and we're not going to see any more of that. Okay. But we have as much character from his kid's fridge drawing yeah. that we do from him. Nobody gets, there's, they, there's no time. Everything is spent on the um, disaster and the special effects and the, ooh, ah, we're under, we're in the, we're in liquid hot magma. <laughs> yeah, and General Baldwin is the typical, I'm just doing the job my country needs me to do type. And we've seen it a thousand times before. There's nothing new. He's cranky. He doesn't tell anybody anything. It's need to know, blah, 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 blah. So none of the characters are in here are new, compelling, interesting. The, about the only thing they don't do with Hillary Swank's character is say, dot, 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 for a woman. Yeah. They imply it, but they don't say it. Yeah. It's... Okay. That's the best we can hope for. Yeah. A real quick Green World Day. Yeah. Because apparently saying Earth Day is, I think you have to pay for that. Oh, okay. Or maybe I the wondered sec- about we don't, that. We don't want a movie that is uh, wasting a lot of materials and resources and choking the planet to <laughs> actually use the words Earth Day. I don't know. I um, also, at one point, Rat, to cover up what he's doing, is playing Pong. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could have been Minesweeper. It would have been just as dumb. Yeah. I fool you! Okay. Thank <laughs> I'm you, so uh, clever because my, th- my ha- I'm hacking. <laughs> Thank I- you, Knickknack. Um, <laughs> the, the other reason I could tell was not Boston. They are very careful not to show you the skyline Yeah, all. you don't see the skyline at all. But it, and I'll, I, it could, is it Chicago? I'm betting not. I don't care. At least we know it's D.C. We actually see the Capitol building, so whatever. But uh, then we see <laughs> Dr. Goodlooking and the Frenchy French scientist sent over here to find the UFOs. Oh. <laughs> they show up. Uh, the pigeons. I know you talked about this, but I'm watching the pigeons, and I went and did a little research on this. Pigeons are crashing through tempered glass windows. They're, tra- they're crashing through safety glass car windshields uh-huh. and bus windshields. The average pigeon weighs 8 to 13 hours. Ounces. They would just be smears <laughs> all over the windows. I mean, it'd be gross, but no one would be running around going, oh, glass. It's a half a pound of pillow. That's <laughs> what it is. It's not going It's not going to go through glass, and it's not going to then impale somebody. It is possible that the grease from the pigeon would ignite and possibly start small fires. But it's like, of all the things to cause mass panic, yeah. a pigeon... I mean, admittedly, there was some shock and terror. <laughs> there was some shock and terror, but no, no. Even if I knew nothing else about the um, science, S-I-E-N-S-E, <laughs> in this film, 
I just like, no, I just nothing about that. I did. I buy nothing. And that's early on in the, in the film. Um, and I didn't buy Stanley Tucci's wig either. I actually yeah. thought he looked good in it, but it's like, dude, really, we all know. Yeah. Stanley Tucci. <laughs> it's fine. It's one of you the know. problems with a really recognizable act actor because yeah, the wig was convincing but we know what stanley tucci looks like so it's kind of distracting and he's a good looking man he is he doesn't, he doesn't need, need the wig the only thing i can think of is they were trying to make him look sagan-ish or steve jobs-ish or something i thought they were just using it to point out how obsessed he is with image and the way okay. he looks i wish the wig had come off yeah that would actually been a point they could make about it oh i'm sorry that's characterization we won't yeah oh and remember neutral we're staying neutral. and then of course there is the plot twist about project destiny well okay did you know something really obnoxiously stupid about project destiny and i don't Which, mean its idea what, so the, the acronym Stanley Tucci yeah, Stanley Tucci spells it out for us. Destiny, D-E-S-T-I-N-I. Every time you see it spelled in the film, it's spelled with a Y. Uh, Why? Because we hate you. <laughs> yes, Project Destiny, which was another... Apparently the government had a magic super space laser that if they shot it into the core, would create earthquakes. Because, <laughs> sure, why not? Well, if and lightning can cause... the core. If lightning can cause stone to explode... Yeah, I wondered about that, too. Why, why uh, is the lightning bouncing around inside the one big stone building in Rome? And causing it to explode, yeah. as lightning doesn't do. Lightning hitting the ground doesn't cause it to erupt. It causes things to catch fire. It causes people to die if they're hit. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Stop making lightning a bomb. Lightning is not a bomb. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. we we do get a kind of a callback. They don't they don't come out and say this, but I'm betting this is a callback to another science fiction film where they're doing the whole I can't believe I'm going to say this stunt peach scene, uh, and yeah. they're talking about how without the magnetic protection of the magnetic field around the Earth, the sunlight particles, <laughs> if you will, oh, no. wherever they travel, not solar at night. <laughs> Solar Benite, it makes an appearance in this film. Oh, from Plan uh, yes, 9. Yes, this is a callback to Plan 9 from Outer Space, a oh. much more scientifically accurate film than the core. Yeah, by the way, as one of the other scientific <laughs> things they screw up, if the magnetic field went away, there's still this thing called the atmosphere, which would stop a lot of the solar, solar radiation. To be fair, it has been theorized... Uh, ancient astronaut theorists. No, it has actually been scientifically theorized that one of the reasons that Mars no longer has the atmosphere that they think it might once have had is because its core is no longer molten and no longer rotates. Huh. However, <laughs> this did not happen on Tuesday. <laughs> this is like Wednesday. Oh, we're all out of air. We can't breathe in the radiation. Speaking of that radiation... Yeah. So the guy gets a really bad sunburn. This is on the Golden he, Gate Bridge when suddenly a hole opens in the magnetic field of Earth, which doesn't happen. But then he pulls his arm and he's like, what's going on? And then for some reason, the bridge melts before people burst into flame. <laughs> yeah, all the air would have been like superheated at this point. No one could have breathed. The, the tires would have been liquefied. The, gas the gasoline probably would have exploded. Well, we saw that in 
Geostorm. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, just say that so my voice that's going to be thing. your indicator for scientific validity, come on. <laughs> well, which one was more accurate? <laughs> Honestly, I think Geostorm was more accurate than this film. <laughs> and that's, wow, oh, there's ouch. a badge of honor. Um, yeah, so, and what's focusing this radiation laser? The hole? Because it, it won't spread? I well, don't. The best part is then it just goes away. We never hear about the super space San Francisco laser again. It yeah, just yeah. goes away. Does it boil away the ocean? I don't know. Could. It melts through solid steel in seconds, so... Hmm. <laughs> now, oh, well. Uh, some of the interaction between the characters, I have to say, is okay. You know, when they're, like when they're in when they're in the super train <laughs> and they're arguing about stuff and like... like uh, Part of it, I mean, the one moment which could have been really interesting was when Hilary Swank, in this painfully foreshadowed moment where, you know, she's not in charge of the mission because, you know, she's a woman. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, Tank tank Concrete is in charge, and he (laughs) says, you aren't a leader because, and he he actually, I swear to God, he he Kobayashi marus her Mm. because you've never failed. And you have to know, you have to see, you don't know who you are as a leader until you actually have to make the really awful, crappy decision. And she, and at one point she has to decide to let one of them die. Yeah. That should have been a big deal. And that should have been really interesting. And for an actor of Hilary Swank's caliber, that could have been a really good scene. And it's like, and, and we're done. Yeah. We, it also, starts like, off, but it doesn't go anywhere. That's really the definition of a leader is somebody who's actually commanded somebody to die under their command. Because if that's true of all good leaders, I don't want one. They <laughs> <laughs> said, if how you deal with failure, do you fall apart or do you keep going? And yeah, but there that can be could have failure, been interesting. And there can be failure that doesn't involve voting somebody off the island, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm sorry. One other kinky. really awful scientific thing, and this wasn't in the. Sure, save one for you. They decide that, oh, the last of the, first off, the way they're starting the core again is they're dropping periodic nukes, each one which will blow up, create a shockwave, the next one blows up, creates a shockwave, and it expands. I don't know if if the fluid dynamics work like that, okay, but they realize the last bomb isn't big enough, so to make it bigger, they stick a plutonium fuel rod next to it. That's not how atomic bombs work. <laughs> Even I know that, and I'm a not a physicist. Well, also, um, uh, Professor Goodlooking, um, I guess, burns his hands because the <laughs> handle that they have made to insert and desert—I don't know if that's a word—the uh. control rods apparently, oh, by the way, gets really, 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 really hot. Because that wouldn't be shielded or anything, but right, whatever. Right, that, that wouldn't be covered in ceramic or something. Yeah, because... I mean, it's a handle. You're quite supposed un- to pick it up. Well, i got to say this. I'm glad they kill off Braz or whatever his name yeah. is, because if anyone who's stupid enough to put the override switch in the tunnel that gets 9,000 degrees deserves to go down there and pull it. <laughs> yeah, that's so... You know, first off, they're like, no. okay, it's 9,000 degrees. What are our suits rated? About half that. What?! <laughs> you are wearing suits that can take 4,500 degrees 
Do you know that is almost hot enough to melt diamonds? You know the cool part? What? They're flexible, too. And they're flex- <laughs> what Are the suits made of unobtainium also? I don't know. Who cares? He would have stepped out of there and simply ignited. That's it. The part where they actually pull over to the truck stop in the middle of the earth, <laughs> and I'm like... They're not gonna get out. Oh, they're so they're not gonna act. There's not a door. Like they can't actually get out. They're going outside. Yeah, they're I going outside because pl- they're gonna change the flat tire or <laughs> somehow well, heave heave a four hundred ton hunk of amethyst out of the way. Well, and tell me this: Why does the laser not cut through the amethyst? I don't. Because that's know. the problem. Yeah, amethysts are not that hard. It's like, uh, oh no, it got caught in the thing. We have to go out and pull it. <laughs> Sure. They're cutting through what has got to be millions of tons of allotropic iron and hyper-compressed stone, and they can't cut through a cheap-ass crystal? Yeah. Hey, it's my birthstone, so watch it. Um, it's very nice They're talking about how is there a geode here way, 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 way below the surface? I'm sorry, the crust of the Earth, well into the mantle. Uh, Cobalt. Mm. Yeah, I looked that up, too. (laughs) If it's... Even if it was 5,000 degrees, like they're talking about, the melting point of cobalt is a little over 2,700 degrees. It wouldn't protect crap. Well, there's also this big air bubble in there. Well, not air. There's a gas bubble because there's there's emptiness. Empty space. No. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Everything down there is full of stuff, as far as we can tell. Just No. Uh, so the laser stops, that's whatever, yeah. and then, okay, so there's this stupid scene, oh, actually, one of the things I want to bring up, the name of the ship, the super train. Oh, uh, yeah, Virgil. And then Braz calls it a she. No! You yeah. even told us why it's named after, why it's called Virgil. It's named after the Virgil. The guy, from, yeah, the, the guy, Dante's guide through hell. Yeah, which is a guy, so don't call it a she, make up your mind. If you want to give it pronouns, that's fine, but don't say it's a guy and then call it a she. It's like putting truck nuts on your car and calling <laughs> it a she. It's exactly like that. Truck nuts and this film have a lot to say. Oh, never mind. Neutral. <laughs> Calm down. Neutral. Neutral. So late, later in the film, after the stupid scene where the nuclear bomb rolls onto Dr. Goodface and then rolls off him onto Dr. Tucci... <sighs> In a scene that just makes me want to grab two coconuts and bang them together. <laughs> um, we get a point where the power goes out because, of course, he's pulled the plutonium rods and the taped, <laughs> taped and them to the bomb. Duct tape it to the bomb to make a bigger bomb. <laughs> um, I have a question I'd like to ask. Yeah. Where's the light coming from? Because they're, uh, they're lit. <laughs> the glowing magma? Of course, they no, don't have no. any windows. No. Um, As they wouldn't because glass. So why From is it their lit? sheer good-lookingness, <laughs> they are generating light. He is generating light by his pure handsomeness, <laughs> which is then refracting off of Hillary Swank's cheekbones. That's you know, it. Science! <laughs> With an S. In this film, that's, uh, I believe it. Yeah. That's yeah. a great explanation. Thank you, Max. You're I, uh, welcome. I'm, yeah. And what, I know we're just all harping mostly on the ridiculousness of the story, so here's some more. I can't help it. How do they? <laughs> how the hell do they get out? They like okay, point the thing up. Oh yeah, the laser doesn't work, so no. we can't cut through anything. But fortunately, there's this completely open channel. Why yeah. didn't you go down through that? Well, let, let, go back to the beginning of the film. Why are you sending this through water? 
to start with. Why? Because well, that be, won't be a problem. Well, apparently, yeah, I know. Apparently, this thing is watertight. And uh, is it designed to go through water? Oh, wait, no, uh, it's not. No. So if you send it through the the ocean where there might be currents or large animals or who the hell knows what, you have all these extra things you have to worry about, whereas if you just, like, aim it at the ground, it's already doing what it's supposed to do. So the whole Marianas Trench thing was just dumb. I didn't... Yeah, because you're thinking, oh, well, it's they want to get to the lowest point uh, on Earth. That chops seven miles off the trip. They're going 4,000. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, seriously. And gosh, they get out fast. Yeah, they they, really... Even though they, they have the audacity to say, oh, we should get out in half the time. They it were down there for what, two days? days. <laughs> um, you know, I figured out how they got out. Oh, how? You've seen it before. You may have forgotten, but you've seen it before. Okay. They got what's left of Super Train, yep. and they put it on that big altar stone, which just happens to be made of asbestos, and then when the eruption happen, happens, they come out the volcano, oh, of and course. they land in Greece. It's so simple. <laughs> hey, it worked in Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Except there's no goose. There needed to be a goose Good in this hood. film. <laughs> Someone should have smuggled a goose on board, yep. Yeah, the science in that film is actually better than in this <sighs> film. And that's saying a lot. Obviously, they, they, yes, they should have simply built the super train out of Icelandic peridotite. <laughs> Who says they didn't? <laughs> well, you know, we do have some, t- some talking points for this. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Is the disaster... No. As prese- <laughs> uh, you don't even have to finish it. We know scientifically now. We have proof. I'm going to post the link to that article in, in the podcast. You go right ahead. Yep. You do so. So you yeah. folks, no, if you have, if, if you're not getting this from the website, go to the website, and there yeah. will be a link provided for you, so you can read how. Um, basically, no, that's that's <laughs> no. Is it believable? If it isn't, which it's not, no. is there something that could have been done to make it believable? I don't see how. Yeah. Did you think of anything? Well. So last week we had Independence Day, which, if you look at the science in that film, is honestly no better than the science in this film. But they actually told a compelling story with good characters acting and directing and pacing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if they had had fewer instances of things that there were just utterly unbelievable, like the pigeons, like the lightning, like the super... Super heat beam. Or if even the super heat beam was consistent, like, oh, it cuts across the bridge and everybody just bursts into flame and everything melts at the same time, as opposed to, gosh, that's a nasty sunburn. Hey, what's going on to the metal out there? Oh, I'm feeling (laughs) rather warm. (laughs) Just, no. Yeah. Just, if they had... Yeah, if they'd done made that a little better, or if they had tried to make this a little less, look, we're going to science the heck out of this. Yeah. It's, if they had just gone, yeah, it's magic, basically. Or here, it's it would take too long to it would take a scientist to explain, and I'm simply too mad. <laughs> and let's focus more on the characters and give them a little more time for some background and backstory, and even just more interaction. Yeah, I I think doing the disaster is fine. Yeah. Like showing some bad effects, because I want to say that in 2003 is that when this was made? Yeah. In 2003, if you would talk to the average person and said, you know, 
when if the Earth's core ever stopped spinning, the first response you would have got was, wait, the Earth's core spins? Yeah. You could basically write your own check and say, well, if it did, you would not believe what would happen. If you bring up magnetic fields, if you even just centered on the radiation, and let's pretend that the core stops spinning, the magnetic field instantly goes away, yep. and now radiation is a direct problem. Yeah. If you had centered just on that, I think the disaster part of this would have been much more believable. The super train <laughs> and the super Alaska laser, which caused the problem in the first place. Yeah. Because whatever. Yeah. Um, the earthquake laser. Project Project Destini. <laughs> Destini, yeah. That's how it's spelled. Destini tried. Um, yeah, I think that might have helped. That would have been a starting point. Yeah. But that's that's the only thing I can and think of. Project Destini just comes out of nowhere. It's like, wait, what? How is that causing the problem? This little bitty laser is going to affect something the size of the... It's like what I said in the beginning. A little EMP like that wouldn't do anything to the core. The core would just go, eh. Well, also the EM pulse would take, if anything, might take out the magnetic field for a moment but it wouldn't affect the things causing the magnetic field. The magnetic, the magnetism isn't what's causing the magnetic field. It's yeah. the metals rotating around each other that's causing it. So EM pulsing the metal doesn't do anything. So just no. Yeah. And also I actually thought it was interesting because for three quarters of this film, this was going to be a rare disaster film, a technological disaster film that was nobody's fault. Yeah. Like Earthquake, obviously, we're talking about a natural occurrence, nothing, yeah. something we can't do about anything about. And here, as opposed to like, if I say it again, I, my voice is going to do that thing. Geostorm, yeah. hey. sorry folks, um, was our fault. Yeah. Okay? Because in our in our hubris. My feeling is they decided somewhere halfway through the, oh, you know, we need, we need a message. We need to have this yeah. be our fault. So, um, blah, 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 blah. Dr. Tucci, yeah, that's it. He was bad. Bad Dr. Tucci. He did the thing, and he did this, and it was his fault. No, Evil. that is not nice. <laughs> and that's that's the only thing I can come up with for Destiny. Kids, don't guys. try to use the core. As, don't try to use seismic weapons. Yeah, that don't make... But uh, I'm, I'm out of... I'm out of anger, but uh, <laughs> notes. Do uh, you have any other notes before we get to the part that everyone has been expecting since you said your first syllable? Yeah, one thing. <laughs> the, the last scene is in a cyber cafe. You remember those? Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Okay. <laughs> the film. So, Max. Yeah. When you saw this in the theater, <laughs> what was your reaction? Honestly... I thought it was idiotic but fun. Because yeah. whatever else this thing is, it's fast-paced. It does not drag. No. The, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the pacing is decent. There are some really good people in it. It's kind of sad because they're wasted. And the visuals aren't bad. I, I thought it was just utterly dopey. Yeah. But it's fun. Okay. It's a decent guilty pleasure. Have you seen it since then? I've seen bits and pieces of it here and there. I've never been able to sit through the whole thing again. We actually have a new a new test I just thought of I want to bring up, and I'll eh? ask you ask her after I ask this question, which is, now that you watched it again, yeah. and you trust it as a mother, now what do you <laughs> think of this film? Uh, I, I can see how people would enjoy it as dopey, mindless fun. Now, the, the, 
problems with it are just too distracting. Mm -hmm. especially, especially now that we have proof that it couldn't happen or that it wouldn't happen this way. Well, because it's happening right now. Yeah. Again, <laughs> allegedly. No one can see it. Right. This is all just by, you know, seismic readings and stuff, but. Yeah. So the test I have for you is what I'm going to call the, the casual viewing test. Okay. If you're flipping through channels and you came across this film, would you stop and watch it? It depends on the scene. If it's okay. like one of the scenes with Braz where he's going to, I would watch that because I think Delroy Lindo is fun and I think he does a great job. He's just, he, like everyone else, he's wasted. Yeah. But here's the thing. Would you watch it to the end? No. I would not. Okay, so it, it does not pass the casual viewing test. It does not pass test. the casual viewing test. What about you? You're going to remember that. You don't remember where you saw this? <laughs> no. Oh, dear. I don't even think I was high I th or <laughs> drunk or anything. I think, I honestly think I saw it with you at some point. I it's don't know. It's possible. Um, I literally just remembered Super Train. That's all I remembered. And <laughs> that, I just remember the word no. I <laughs> that's all I remember. Um. I can't even give this a guilty pleasure because it's so poorly written. The actors who are all capable of doing better, even the guys who play the the, the thugs from the FBI, I'm sure those guys are, can do much better than what they did. And, you know, um, Vancouver has done better because I didn't even <laughs> believe it is Boston, the, especially when they show the T on the side of the bus is like, really? Just no. Uh, the science is so insulting. And it makes me worry that people are, because they get inundated by this hokey crap, that they're going to believe it. Like, well, no, because, you know, if the magnetic bubble, no, it won't. No, no, no. And there's just so much, like, anti-science in today's society. Yeah, this that doesn't it, help. No, it bothers me. Um, it's why I, I'm not allowed to watch Ancient Aliens, because I start <laughs> screaming at the TV. And it's because they're coming out with these theories and i know people are believing them because they seem oh that makes sense it somehow the seems shape, plausible yeah the shape of a pyramid not a pyramid just the shape will allow you to time travel i i this uh. was actually in an episode of ancient aliens again we're not talking in giza the stone pyramid we're just talking the shape itself sure, has mystical properties Ugh. And people buy this stuff. Yep. And this is why you can't get steam into schools and stuff like that. So I have to say, no, okay. I am That's not a fair. fan. Not, I'm not, no, just don't. If you and haven't seen this, just don't. If you come There's across it on TV and you just want something where you do not have to take your brain out of neutral. Okay. But otherwise, no, it, it's just, it's not good. No, it's. Mm, mm. And there are films that can be stupid and fun. This yeah. isn't one of them. But uh, we had that poll question that we, you came up with that we'd love to hear again. We do. Speaking of scientific accuracy, who is your mm. favorite cinematic giant <laughs> monster? Godzilla, King Kong, Cloverfield, who? Tell us. And you can tell us. Otherwise, we wouldn't ask. It would be kind of pointless if you couldn't tell <laughs> us. You can go to our website at maxmikemovies.com and leave a comment, hope you will, or you can email us directly, which we love, at us at maxmikemovies.com, and you can find us on the Facebooking at MaxMikeMovies. And no one, nowhere else, because none of you have said, hey, you ought to try this social media. What's wrong with you people? Get cracking! Well, to be fair, what social media is left that anybody uses? Mastodon... How about MySpace? Is that still a thing? <laughs> it might be. I don't know. I, and no, we're not going to go on TikTok. 
Well, no, they're about to ban it anyway. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Snapchat, Instagram, I don't know. Yeah, yeah we could do Instagram. Mm. But next week we have yet another disaster porn to look forward to. Mike, and what mm. is that going to be, huh? Tell me, tell me, tell me. We do. We are actually going to watch, I didn't realize this, but this is a French disaster film. We? Oui? Yeah, we. Oui. It is called, I'm going to get my, my um, pronunciation probably not great, but it's Le Poisson Dion Adventure. Which, uh, if you the, the translate it, you're uses... close. So, le, le is the. Right. Adventure, of course, is adventure. Right. Poisson is fish. Yep. And Dion was a singer. So, next week, oh. we'll be watching the fish singer adventure. Oh. I think oh, that's I how it's I don't know pronounced. that. Is, is Gerard Depardieu in that, or? No, no, no. I think Shelley Winters is in it. Oh. Um, Shelley Winters. Yeah. Should be... Wait a minute! It involves a boat. Oh, no! <laughs> Are you telling me that there's got to be a morning after? Well, there has to be for the fish singer. <laughs> the Le fish Poisson singer? Dion. I'm pretty sure, isn't that how you pronounce that? Le Poisson Dion Adventure? I'm pretty sure you mean the Poseidon Adventure. Oh. Okay. This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.